Blog Talk Radio. D-backs baseball is back in Scottsdale. Bryce Harper signs with the Phillies, and how will the rotation perform in 2019? Hello, Diamondback Nation. Welcome back to the Rattle Up Podcast. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Friday night. Looking forward to our weekend here. Uh, Chris, how are you doing tonight? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, got them actually hitting a uh, um, a spring training game at Hohokam for the uh, Athletics and Indians, and you don't really see all of American League teams in you know in a, in a National League state. So that'll be cool to see. If you're looking to buy some last-minute spring training tickets or some tickets for the regular season or any event in general, you can head over to stubyard.com and you can use the the code BPN10 and you can get 10% off your purchase, save you a little bit of money there. Again, that is BPN10. Also, we are still having our our merch design for Gerard Dyson. It's a you know it's a pretty cool design of him, so if you want to go check that out, that you go can go head over to baseballpodcastnet.com. All right, so moving in to our first little topic here. Um, obviously, D-backs spring training has just kicked off. They've already played um, a solid seven games, you know, so a clean slate um, throughout the week. Um, and right, right here, we're just going to list off our, uh, our awards. Before that, if you'd like to call into the show, that number is 845-277-9345. Again, that's 845-277-9345. So, Chris? If you just want to take us through your awards, some of the highlights you saw from this week of spring training. Um, my silver slugger I had was uh, Vargas. My Cy Young was Zach Greinke. The gold glove was Nick Ahmed. The um, rookie was, again, um, Vargas. And the veteran was Tomas. All right. And for my silver slugger, I had Christian Walker. Cy Young, I had Nick Green. Gold glove, of course, Nick Ahmed. Surprise rookie, I went with Jazz Chisholm, and surprise veteran, I also went with Yasmani Tomas. So getting to, to the discussion of it here, Silver Slugger, uh, yeah, actually two surprise names really, Christian Walker and Ildemaro Vargas right at the top of the board. Uh, Chris, why did you pick Vargas over uh, Walker? Um, Just looking at his stats over the week, he was pretty solid in his limited time he had in, and uh, I just thought he was doing better than Walker was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is over almost twice as, as many uh, at-bats. But then again, um, I, I went with Walker because he's slugging over 1,200, and it is only through nine at-bats. But he also also has two walks. So, um, you know, he, he's uh, – in his four, his four games limited, he's hitting the ball pretty well. He's um, – you know, he, he got his – he's had eight RBIs already through spring training. So, that's pretty good. And – We'll get into the impact, what the impact you have later, but right now, I mean, if he can keep it up, he's definitely going to buying his uh, his playing time during the regular season. All right, Cy Young. I went with Nick Green. Um, first, he just pitched the most. He's pitched the most innings for us, and he hasn't given up. Um, and he hasn't given up given up a run. So, yeah, that, that's why I went with him. 
Um, I went with Zach Greinke because he uh, pitched last Monday against the Athletics, and he had uh, two scoreless no-hit innings. Mm-hmm. And then Gold Glove, I went with Nick Ahmed. If I can just uh, pull up the uh, the stats here. Where is that? Okay, yeah, Nick Ahmed, uh, 20 innings and uh, no errors at all. So, you know, uh, he was playing solid defense at shortstop. But also, one guy I'd like to highlight here is Jake Lamb. Through 19 innings, he hasn't made any errors at first base. And I think um, uh, yeah, Kevin Crone in the 24 innings, uh, so a guy who's you know maybe not as experienced at at, at a you know first base, he had four errors through 24 innings. And Jake Lamb, new position, so obviously, um, and he has zero errors, so obviously he's been working hard this offseason. I heard they've been working with uh, he's been working with uh, uh, Luis Gonzalez and Paul Goldschmidt at, at uh, Luis Gonzalez's house. I heard on the radio. Um, yeah, so Chris, take me through your uh, through your rookie. Um, for my rookie, I picked, uh, Vargas, who he's pretty much a rookie and he's just been hitting really well. So I uh, chose him to be my rookie as well as the silver slugger. All right. And I went with Jazz Chisholm because he's been showing a lot of veteran, uh, veteran signs through his at-bats. He's drawn, he's drawn three walks. So, and he's been getting some, he got a bases loaded walk, I think against the Padres. So yeah, he's been showing pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good signs there. A surprise veteran. I went with Yasmani Tomas. Um, he's he's crushing the ball actually. Um, through if I can just check where. Uh, yeah, he through, through ten at bats, he's hitting four hundred with an eight fifty five OPS. Um, no extra base hits yet, but you know that, that's that's a good sign to see. Obviously, it, maybe he makes the roster. He can be he can be a solid backup. Yeah, I picked him for the same reasons. He uh, he's definitely shown some good signs, and I. I think he might be in the lineup a little bit in the majors this year, but I definitely don't think he's shown enough to be on there full time. All right. Uh, we're going to flip it actually Ben to Benson here. Uh, you guys asked us, asked us some mailbag questions uh, over the week. So, uh, Ben, if we get the first uh, question uh, pulled up. Yeah. First question is from Birdland Sports Page. If you could pick one player to build your franchise around, would it be Arenado or Harper? I would have to go with Arenado, and that is just because he he plays third base, which which um, he plays third base, and he plays he plays at an elite caliber. And if you can just lock down, if you can I think you can always find outfielders. I think outfielders are more prevalent than infielders. So, but if you have that guy um, at third base, who's the main thing? He's very consistent, and they're the same age too. Arenado is consistent. He's he's a platinum Glover, and He's just pretty much a, there's there's really no weakness to his game. Harper, um, obviously, you know you can compare them, say one's better or whatever. But Harper's inconsistent. If you look, it seems like every other year he either has um, a you know a, re- a really good year, you know MVP, MVP caliber, or he just slumps and he just looks like a semi you know decent player. Yeah, I agree. I will go with Arnado. He uh, he's a better player in my opinion, and uh, he's amazing on defense and at the plate. So I'd pick him because he's also seems like more of a leader over at third base. Yeah. Uh, next question. Uh, this question is from Austin. What is your D backs record prediction for 2019? Well, after what we've seen with, uh, you know, with Machado going the Padres, Harper um, going to the Phillies, um, obviously, the NL is is extremely stacked, and there's going to be a lot of competition in the division. I don't see the D-backs making the playoffs. I don't even see them reaching 80 wins. 
I still do believe that they're going to be competitive right around that uh, high 70s win mark, you know, maybe 75 to 80 in that range. And then again, you know, there's not a lot of expectations, but remember the expectations going into 2017 and they won 93 games that year. So, yeah. Um, I had last week, I had them at 75 and 87, but I think with the Padres signing Machado, that might drop to even lower in the 70s, maybe 72, 73 wins. So I have them about low 70s for the win. All right. Yeah. Next question. Uh, this question is from TSNC. Which contract was worse, the Arenado or the Harper contract? Well, I wouldn't say either of them are worse. I still, I did both. I believe that they're both really good contracts, but Harper is going to be playing there until he's 39. And we've seen what I can do to teams like the angels and the Pujol deal. Not saying that's the same scenario, but just based off that, you know, he is, he's only making $22. Okay. We'll get into that in a later segment, but I would have to, I would say Harper is a little bit worse. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd say Harper is a little worse. He'd be 39 in the at the end of his contract. And, uh, He's make. I'm pretty sure he's making less money over the year, each year than Arenado, but I still think that because it's a longer contract worth more total money, it's a worse contract. Yeah. Our uh, next question. Are this going to be our last questions from Tommy? Was Bryce Harper overpaid? I year to year value, I would say absolutely no. Um, total money, or just the total years in general, I. I Again, we'll have to see. 13 years is a long time from now. I mean, you know, the potential – I saw this on, on Twitter, actually. Like, if you think about it, like, potential cleanup hitter for Harper um, right now is, you know, maybe he's only – like he's probably only, like, our age, or he's, like, you know, he could be, like, as young as 14. So, I mean, you never, you never know, like – again, 13 years is a long time from now. So, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, I think he's um... – I think it's a good contract for the first bit of the contract, maybe the first half or about. But I think as it goes on and as it gets uh, later, it's going to seem worse and worse. But for the time being, I think he's paid about right. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for sending in your real-life questions. We're going to continue here in this first segment. We're just going to discuss some notes we saw in spring training. Um, real quick here, um, we're just going to go over some some of the uh, some of the Diamondbacks' uh, some of the Diamondback scores um, from the from the first week of spring training. In the first week, in the first week uh, or the first game, sorry, I, I actually went to the opening spring training game. They lost to the Rockies three to seven, uh, and then and then uh yeah, and then they uh, won against the Indians twelve to three. They won against uh, the Athletics four to three, against Chicago five to four. Uh, they actually uh, tied against San Diego. Um, it, the, Fernando Tatis hit a game-tying home run in the bottom of the ninth inning to tie it. Uh, they won 10 to 7 against Cleveland today. It was probably their worst game. They lost 10 to 3 to 10 to 2 to the Cubs. Wasn't was, just wasn't a great performance all around. But uh, Chris, uh, what what are your uh, major takeaways from that from those games? Um, they aren't doing terrible. It seems that uh, their games are not. Pretty much none of them are close, but they're getting a lot of players their playing time, and they, I think the way they've been playing, they're going to round out, and they're going to have a they're going to have the right roster when it comes to the start of the season. Yeah. And then again, spring training isn't all about the record. All Diamondbacks do stand uh, third in the Cactus League at four two and one. Uh, Dodgers are in first place, but 
the, yeah, the thing is, Dimebacks are doing really good at, at cycling players in and out and getting guys a lot of playing time and just evaluating, um, just evaluating the talent and who could be maybe you know a backup on the major league roster or who could be a potential call player later in the season and just evaluating um, how these these players perform, how these players perform uh, against the major league pitching. Exactly. Um, yeah, so then again, there is the whole talk. If Christian Walker can continue his play, that the way he's been playing so far this, this spring, Chris, do you see if there can any you know potential situation where, where Walker's actually get some, uh, some actual real playing time at first base this year? Yeah, I can see him playing against um... – righties a lot of the time if it that really depends on how lamb does the rest of spring training and uh what he does at the start of the season how much playing time walker really gets but i think if walker can prove himself the rest of the spring training then he definitely will get a lot a good amount of playing time yeah exactly and then there also is the d-backs uh as we're wrapping up statement up here pretty quickly there's also the d-backs rule five pick and nick green Obviously, they have to keep him on the major league roster or send him back to the Yankees, and he's been doing pretty solid, five scoreless innings so far. So maybe he could be the seventh bullpen spot. And if you know if he if he's great in the majors, then that's good. If he's not, then you send send him back. It, no big deal. No uh no big losses there. So anyway, that's gonna wrap it up for this first segment. Move to an ad here, and then talk more about Harper. Hey guys, this is Benson from Bucko Booth, also producer here on this show. Just want to make sure you tune in. This Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern, we have a very special episode of Bucko Booth for you. Pirates baseball is finally back. We're going to break down the week that was Pirates baseball, and we are so excited to give our weekly awards, player of the week, pitcher of the week, rookie of the week, and maybe a glove of the week. You won't want to miss that. And so far, so good for Francisco Liriano. He's on pace as of right now to make the opening day roster. What will his role look like? Also, terrible news that Elias Diaz could miss opening day with an undisclosed illness. And we're going to be talking about Doc Emmerich joining the Bucks announcing team earlier this week. All that and much more on this week's episode of Bucko Booth. Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss it. All right. As we all probably know, as we've we've heard about, unless you've been living under a rock, Bryce Harper has signed a 13-year, $330 million deal with the Philadelphia Phillies, that was a few days ago that he did that. Yeah, again, we've already talked about this, but Chris, like, it, do you think the contract makes sense, or do, and do you think he should have uh, taken a different offer? Or do you think that that offer works for Harper? Um, I think it works for Harper. He's going to be oh, you are you're kind of quiet. You can get a little closer. Um, I think that's a um, sorry about. That. I think that's a good offer for him. I, he's going to be getting guaranteed a lot of money for a long time. He'll be getting paid over $20 million at when he's 39, almost 40. And uh, it, it's really not as smart for the Phillies. It just depends how he plays when he gets older. When he gets 35, he'll probably start regressing. And that's really when it'll show whether their contract is worth it or not. Yeah. Well, then, I mean, then again, you you are – Harper will regress towards the later years, but you're also – getting Harper in the – he's not even the prime of his career. I mean, if you remember his season from 2015 and how insane that was, he was only, what, like 24 when, or 23 when, when during that season. And you think about what he's going to do, you know, 20, 29, 30, 30 years old, that's one of the prime of his career is. And, you know, 
the numbers he can put up. I mean, he could hit, you know, 50, 50 home, 40, 50 home runs a year. Um, kind of put up similar offensive numbers to, to Ryan Howard, you know, when he was playing for the Phillies back in the day. So then again, you know, there, it, it is going to be um, for the Phillies, obviously, yeah, in his later years, it could hurt, but at least for the president, for the, for the you know, next five years or so, um, it's, it's a really, I think it's a really good deal. Uh, just a contract breakdown here real quick. Uh, 2019, he was making $10 million plus a $20 million signing bonus, so $30 million for that year. 2020 through 2028, so for that eight-year stretch, he will be making $26 million a year, which, again, is depending on how you know, the base, baseball, grow, baseball grows, which is, is the co- economy for baseball is projected to skyrocket. It already is. So $26 million in 2028 might not even seem like that much. Um, and then for the last three years of contract, he'll be only making $22 million a year. So it's an average annual salary of, I think, it's like 25.4. And for a guy like Harper, and depending you know, for, for, for a guy of his talent, um, that, I think that's honestly a pretty good deal. Yeah, he would have been making more money a year if he had just re-signed with the Nationals. And I saw that the uh, Dodgers offer was also more money per year. Yeah. Um, but obviously he wanted to go to Philadelphia and compete for a ring. Um, but, yeah, the, the Dodgers were offering four years, $180 million, which if you actually look at the numbers, that is – $43 million a year, I think it's something around there, which that would just be insane. I mean, obviously, the Dodgers have the money to spend, but as they, that's a lot of money for one player. Um, but, yeah, and then, again, uh, some other news here. Um, Harper has announced that he will be wearing uh, number three. Obviously, his previous number was number 34, and to respect of the late, great Roy Halladay, um, who's not jersey, I, mean, I, I would assume his jersey is going to be retired anyway, his jersey number. Yeah, he's going to be wearing number three, um, and, and that's the same number that Babe Ruth wore back, you know, back in the 1920s, 1930s. So, yeah, so that, that'll, be, uh, that'll be interesting to see him wearing number three and especially see him in a Phillies uniform. You know, we've been used to him in the Nationals uniform all this time. Um, but, yeah, we're talking about – so, I mean, if, you, if you're Harper, and there's been all the, all the reports that Harper doesn't like Philadelphia, doesn't like the city or whatever – if you're Harper, I mean, obviously the deal is done now and everyone's happy, but is it is it concerning that if you're if you're Philly fan, sorry, if it, is it is it concerning that Harper waited till you know February, the end of February to sign a contract, or are you as a Philly fan are you not worried that that much? Um, I'm worried. You're probably just too excited that he he chose Philadelphia. And I imagine he had lots of teams and lots to consider as he was trying to get the best deal for him and everyone that he needed to think about when he was getting the deal. Mm-hmm. Well, then again, um, the the one thing I, I will kind of relate this to Alex Rodriguez and his you know major deal or you know and his his major deal when, with with the Rangers and then the uh, and then he got, obviously got traded to the Yankees is. Is the one thing you want to avoid as a player is drama with the media, and especially me, the media in Philadelphia, and especially the Phillies fans, because we, we all know Phillies fans are just relentless, and they will just go after you no matter what. I mean, if Harper starts having a season like he had last year, I mean, the fans are just going to go off on him, and that's going to be distracting as a player. Obviously, I'm pretty sure Harper is good enough at ignoring that, but you know, you, and you never want you never want that kind of drama to leak into a team, and you know, as early as you know. Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter back in the day, they always had some beef, and it, 
it kind of got in the way of you know of the of the, of the got in the way of their play, especially in New York where there was a pretty much a camera every every street corner, and you know, there was just so much spotlight on, on them too, especially as two of the game's biggest stars. So, I mean, yeah, can you see that? Can you just see that if if you see that a drama could impact just the whole uh, clubhouse feeling? Uh, yeah, I don't think. I think the drama would affect every clubhouse, no matter like what the situation was. And um, Harper would, might bring some of that into the dugout. I I'd imagine he's pretty happy to be signing a record-breaking contract, and he won't let much get to him. And uh, he'll be uh, fine in the clubhouse, and the rest of his team will be the same. I think Harper has really matured over the past few years. He's not the he's not the I don't think he's the Harper that you know, that's going to slam his bat and, and yell and yell the umps as much anymore. Um, but yeah, uh, um, the the deal is 13 years and there's no opt-outs in the deal. You know, we saw Manny Machado. I think he got an opt-out after the fifth year or the fourth year maybe. Arenado has an opt-out after the third year. But Harper has no opt-outs, so it seems that to to all to all baseball fans that Harper wants to be there. And I think he's got, already said that he wants to retire in Philadelphia. I don't know if he said that or that's just what was speculated. But yeah. Um, obviously, at age 39, I don't know. We don't, no one, nobody knows how if he's going to be able to play after that, depending on his, his level of play, or if he even wants to play after that. You know, some players just retire just because they want to. Like Adrian Beltrade, obviously, could have played another another few seasons if he really wanted to. But but you know, there's got to be a time where he's got to hang up the cleats. So then again, there's that. Um, and yeah, so I mean, if if we just look at the Phillies roster now. And it's in the present. I mean, uh, their their team is is extremely their their lineup is extremely lethal. You have again in the, the order this could could change depending on on uh, certain factors. But I mean, I'm just gonna run you through the lineup here: Andrew McCutcheon, Gene Segura, Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, J.T. Real Muto, Michael Franco, Aldubo Herrera, and Cesar Hernandez. And then off the bench, you have guys like Aaron Altair, Dylan Cousins, Roman Quinn. Um, Nick Williams, who I think is a starting capable uh, outfielder, and Scott Kangery, uh, who was actually a, an Arizona resident. He went to a Mountain Point High School, actually. So there's that. So I mean, Chris, does this lineup like where does this lineup rank among the among the National League's best and the the best major league lineups in general? Um, that's a pretty good lineup. I definitely think it's a top one in the. Um league they they had a pretty monster off season getting McCutcheon, Segura, Harper and Ramito all in the span of a few months and uh that's a it's definitely going to be one of the top ones but the uh, only thing that might be holding them back is uh is their pitching staff might not be as high as uh, high level as their uh lineup is yeah i mean then again they're, the bullpen, they made us some very good acquisitions to up, uh, to up the bullpen. Um, they got James Pazos from Seattle, also Juan Nicasio. They all, and then their big signing was David Robertson, uh, you know, former Yankee. He's, he can definitely close, and, and uh, you know, he's definitely, a, he's definitely a very solid closer if they're planning to use him in that role. And, you know, for rising stars like Sir Anthony Dominguez, who can also, you know, they have, a, they have a decent amount of guys who could be, you know, closer in this team. You also have guys like Hector Nearest, still have Pat Neshek. Um So definitely a lot of guys in the bullpen. And the starting pitching, yeah, you could say they could use a few other guys, but 
the thing they have is is depth. You know, they, obviously they have Aaron Noah, who is a Cy Young candidate. You also have Jake Arrieta, who you know signed that signed that big contract a while ago. Vince Velasquez, um, other guys like Jared Eikhoff, Zach Eflin. So a lot of guys there, um, and also Daniel De, De Los Santos. So the pitching staff is is pretty deep. I wouldn't say it's really good right now, but you let them develop, you know, for another two or three years, and who knows how how good they can be. Yeah, their pitching's their pitching's really young this this year, and uh, over the next few years, it's definitely going to get a lot better, and they're definitely going to have a better chance at going far in the playoffs. Yeah, the only thing that could be concerning is that the J.T. Muto is. I'm pretty sure he, he's going to be a free agent after this off season, right? Um, I think so. Yeah. So if they can't work out an extension with Romuto and end up signing somewhere else, they are a little thin at catcher. Obviously, they traded um, Jorge Alfaro to the Marlins, um, who, you know, they, they um, he, Jorge Alfaro was actually viewed as kind of the next Pudge Rodriguez when he's coming up with the thing with the Rangers. He was looking really good, obviously. I mean, he didn't turn out very well in Philly. He showed some, some signs last year that he can be good, but yeah, he was traded to Miami just because. Phillies are obviously in a win now situation, especially after getting Harper. So yeah, but if they can't re- if they can't resign Ramuto, um, their next catcher really is Andrew Knapp, and I don't think Andrew Knapp is really an everyday catcher. Um, but yeah. So oh okay, actually, sorry, uh, Ramuto is gonna be a free agent in 2021. But yeah, the, that, that's that's one area where I could see could be you know a spot of weakness. But then again, I think there's ways to deal with that. Um, there's been reports. I was just I was listening, hearing some people on, on social media saying that Nick Williams might be getting traded. Obviously, um, you have a you have a, a kind of pretty kind of a full outfield um, right now um, of Aldubo Herrera, Andrew McCutcheon, and obviously Bryce Harper. So um, he might be getting traded, and you can maybe get some catching prospects or depth with that. Um, but yeah, then again, I, I mean, Chris, do you see like one major hole in the Phillies roster? Um, I feel like they might be able to get him maybe a better third baseman or a uh, a different outfielder that would be better than uh, Herrera. Uh, I think that would be a step forward for them. And um, I I don't think there's many other big holes on the roster. Yeah. All right. Well, well that's enough Phillies talk. Um, and also, um, over this week, this past week. Nolan Arenado signed an eight-year, $260 million deal um, with the Colorado Rockies. So, uh, um, obviously, Arenado wants to – he's made it, He's obviously making it clear that he wants to stay in Colorado and he believes in this, in this Colorado team that they can compete to win a World Series. And even though, obviously, we're Diamondbacks fans, I kind of have to agree that the Rockies are, look like a really good team and that they're only getting better and their pitching is finally getting good and that they – in, in a few years, you know, them and the Padres are going to be even maybe now that you know Rockies are going to be you know a division front runner. Um, yeah, I agree. The Rockies and the Phillies are kind of in the same boat. They have really uh, powerful uh, hitters and a good lineup, but their pitching won't be as good as it really needs to be to make deep runs for maybe two or three years, and then they'll be a really good team. And I. I think the Padres are going to be in the same boat. They, all their players are super young, and um, won't be able to do uh, do as much this year as they would be able to in maybe three or four years to win the Padres championship or even get them a division. Yeah, 
All right, well, we'll, we'll talk more about this in the next segment. We're going to add here, and then we also got some over-under predictions coming up. All right, are we here? I think I'm here. Um, I think so. All right. Well, we're waiting. We're waiting on some technical difficulties here with that ad. So, I guess we'll just continue our Harper uh, talk. So, yeah, a couple things I want to talk about with Harper that I forgot. Uh, obviously, we've already addressed that Harper is probably is going to have a. I think he's going to have a good time in Philly, and he's going to become a star there. Um, but what I want to say is, where is Harper going to land among Philadelphia's all-time greats? Because obviously, he's already had a part, portion of his career in Washington, and um, and you know, how, where is he going to land among the all-time greats um, um, on top of guys, you know, like Mike Schmidt and Ryan Howard? It really all depends how he does in the ending stretch of his contract, just like a lot of things. Um, and if he plays like how he did in 2015, he'll be a, he'll be thought of as one of the greats in Philadelphia. And uh, I think it really depends on how he, if he's like himself last year or before. Or in 2015. All right, we got that ad ready, so we're gonna we're gonna play that real quick. Hey, this is Max from the Ivy, and we hope you guys will tune in March 3rd at 4 p.m. Eastern time to tune into the Ivy. This week we'll be talking about spring new spring training news and notes, such as how you Darvish and Cole Hamels did in their first starts of the spring, as well as know your enemy, the Washington Nationals. We'll also be doing our second segment of the Cub of Yesteryear, and we'll be doing Derek Lee. We hope you guys will tune in to the Ivy this Sunday, March 3rd at 4 p.m. Thanks, guys. All right, yeah, moving back into a Harper talk. So, I mean, the thing with Harper, you're obviously buying one of the best players in baseball, but the thing you're buying most with Harper is you're buying his fame and his stardom. It just, Chris, if you, I don't know what if you can give me like an exact number here, but if you walked up to to, like an, a random American in the street, what do you say the, like the percentage chance that they can name that they know who Bryce Harper is? Um, probably a pretty good chance. I'd I'd say he's definitely one of the most well-known baseball players. Yeah, I mean, and then I I would say it's even higher than Mike Trout because the thing with Trout is, I mean, he plays for the Angels, who obviously you know kind of like the White Sox of, of Los Angeles. Um, and I, I and he's kind of, Charlie's kind of more quiet around the media. And Harper, you know, he's definitely a, he's been he's obviously risen to a star in Washington, and not just with his play, um, but yeah, just just as a as a personality, pretty much. Um, so that's the one thing the Phillies are paying for is they're pretty much paying for the biggest name in baseball. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd say he's the biggest name, but he's definitely really, really well known, and I think he can. Um... He can be a top player in the. Uh, he's he's going to bring a lot more attention to um, to Philadelphia. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on, we're going to move on here to our our next topic. We're going to be predicting uh, the Diamondbacks' uh, starting rotation, talking about how they will perform. How they will perform in 2019. So just some over under here unders here. Chris, I'm just going to read them off to here. Oh. And we actually have a uh, we actually have a caller here. We have Mike um, from Mesa wanting to talk about the first base situation. How's it going, Mike? 
Oh, he dropped. Okay, never mind. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So, so yeah, Christmas, read off, read off the first stat here. Zach Granke, 200 innings pitched, a 3.0 ERA, and fifth in the signing voting. Um, I think he will, he will be higher in uh, in the Cy Young, I mean lower in Cy Young voting, um, a lower ERA and lower in innings pitched. Do you think that could be just due to injuries, or is that just because obviously if he pitches the whole full season, I think he'll definitely get 200 innings. So are you predicting an injury from him or something? Um, I just think he might be as he's getting older, he might throw less and. Lavella might think that he needs to stay in less if he wants to pitch as well to his next start. Yeah, then I get that. That is true because they're going to need to keep him for the next, you know, three. Uh, he, he still has three years left in his deal, so they want to preserve him and just make sure they want to go all out this season. Um, and you know, they, they want to preserve him and make sure he does good throughout his whole contract. Yeah, exactly. So uh, next pitcher, you know, the one-two, obviously the biggest one-two punch. Um, is that is that cranky Robbie Ray? Robbie Ray, you know, I think this is kind of a kind of a a big year for him uh, coming off you know some some injury problems last year. Uh, he kind of had some limited innings, but this year, um, so obviously with the injury problems, so the, the inning, inning total here is 150 innings pitched, a 3.5 ERA, uh, 12.0 Ks per nine, and also fifth in the Cy Young voting. I think he will be higher in Cy Young voting. Uh, higher in innings pitch, lower in ERA, and not much higher, but maybe, like, just a bit higher in K-9. Yeah. If Robbie Ray, I mean, if if I can just pull up real quick here his 2017 season. Robbie Ray, he, he ha- he's had that ace potential all, throughout all his career, especially, you know, with, coming up with, with, the, with Detroit. Um, yeah, 2017 season, um, it was only 162 innings. But yeah, Case ran out of 12.1. He was an all-star, finished seventh in the signing voting, and only and only 28 games started. Um, yeah, he had a 2.9 2.9 ERA, uh, 3.7 FIP. So he showed that potential to be a you know a really dominant pitcher, uh, a really dominant lefty, and one of the baseball baseball's better. When when he gets going, we saw a lot of this last year where he would, he was kind of just like, I wouldn't say he was anxious, but he was just he didn't look right for a lot of this year. I think there was something up with his delivery. But when he was in the zone and he you know, he he was rolling through games, I mean he was throwing what ninety six, ninety seven. He was just mowing down hitters. I mean it's, I think I remember a uh, start he had against the Dodgers in twenty seventeen. I mean I think he got like thirteen strikeouts in, in, in seven innings. And, he, and watching that, that was that was like the the peak of what Robbie, Robbie Ray could do and what he's capable of doing. So yeah, I do think I still think he if he has a full healthy season, he could be definitely fifth or higher in the side including. Our next pitcher here. Is Zach Godley, um, 175 innings pitched, a four, a four ERA, and a 3.5 walks per nine? Um, I think he'll be lower in innings pitched as he's barely, he's only crossed that once in his career, and that was in 33 games, and he still barely crossed it. I think he'll have an ERA right about four. I don't really know if it'll be lower or higher, and I think he'll be lower in walks per nine. Yeah, so that's the thing with Godley is. I think the control with with that curveball is the thing that that's gonna you know telling him the most. He actually led, I don't know if you say led, like led is is a, is a good thing, but he led the majors in wild pitches last year with 17, and he also led the National League in hit batters with 12. So that that's one thing he's got to work on is his control. 
And if he can, I remember beginning of last season, he was that curveball was untouchable, but then teams started hitting it or maybe it became more flat. Um, whatever it was, the case was. So yeah, definitely. Um, if, if he can, if he can work on the control problems, he could, you know, be a very solid, you know, th- three, th- third place starter. Uh, next st- starter we have here is Luke Weaver, 125 innings pitch and 125 strikeouts. Um, I think he will be lower and, uh, he'll be lower in innings pitched as I don't think he'll have as much time to be in and he'll also be lower in strikeouts as last year he had 136 innings pitched and he only had 120 strikeouts. So I definitely think he'll be lower. Yeah. And then the last one here is Merrill Kelly. I didn't know how to exactly, you know, judge him since. Are you still there? Um, so our uh, last pitcher is Merrill Kelly, who we acquired over the um, off season. Uh, I can't really remember if he is from uh, Japan or if he came over from Japan or Korea. And, uh, his over under numbers are 25 games started and K9. Um, I think he'll be uh, lower in both, and uh, I, I can't really see him doing much. So um, it looks like we lost Blake, so I guess we could just talk about um, the Rockies more and the situation in the division with all that's happened over the off season. And uh, there's so much that's happened with the Padres re-signing, uh, not re-signing, but signing Manny Machado and how he um, is going to make a big impact. So that definitely changes up our predictions that we made last week. And I think that it'll make the Padres jump the Diamondbacks. I think it'll, he's a big name player that'll make a big difference in in San Diego and making San Diego a lot more excited about their sports team. All right. Um, I was the Dodgers. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I just got disconnected. So talking about Machado, right? Um, well, I, I guess we could just pick back up with uh, Merrill Kelly. Yeah. All right. We'll do it. Yeah. So I had uh, 25 games started and a 7.5 case for nine. Um, I said earlier, I think he'll be lower in both. I don't think he'll, that many games started, I think he'll be in the bullpen more. And I haven't really seen much about him from uh, where I don't really remember if he was from came over from Japan or Korea, but I think he'll be lower in K9. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't really see him pitch. I don't know what kind of pitches or what he what he throws. I'm assuming he's more of a, of a lower velocity pitcher, but then I don't really know. Uh, so, some, so some more here. I had oh I had Matt Cook. That's what we used to do for all these guys. Matt Cook, Yoan Lopez, and Matt Andres, all at five games started. I think Matt Cook will up east will be higher, and um, Lopez and Andres will both be lower. All right, yeah, I, can I see think that those too. guys will. I think they'll um, be more bullpen guys, but Cook no, is yeah. a solid yeah. starter. Yeah, and again, we don't know when Taiwan Walker's coming back. Obviously, Tommy John surgery. Um, Tommy John surgery could, you know, have a lot of impacts on that. And then, yeah, uh, Merrill Kelly was from South Korea, just to clarify. Yeah, so, yeah, we, um, 
it, it just depends, you know, on injuries and everything and just how Walker's arm progresses. So, um, obviously, you don't want to rush him. He's only, what, he's only like 26, 27, something like that. So, obviously, he still has a lot of years left. Don't want You don't want to rush him with that. Um, yeah, I guess for the last few minutes here, we can just talk about how the NL is going to be shaping up this year. So, Chris, yeah, just your final thoughts. How is, how is the NL going to shape up with, obviously, these three major extensions in Machado, Har- uh, Harper, and Arenado? Of course, the Machado and Harper ones, I mean, the Machado and Arenado ones will affect uh, the Diamondbacks more than the Harper one. The Arenado, he was already going to be in the division, and they were, the Rockies were already going to be way ahead. But the Dodgers, but the Padres are now, I think, going to jump ahead due to the signing of Machado. Yeah, for sure. So that's going to wrap it up for tonight. Uh, thank you guys for joining the show. Go have a great weekend. Catch you later. Rattle Up is produced by Benson Fector. Rattle Up is a Baseball Podcast Network production. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Chris Sumner at Chris underscore Sumner 710, and Blake Warner at Everything D-backs. Be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all our social media platforms as well. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D. CAS1, SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network, and YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.